Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee LaValle McKenna, and I bring my 30 plus years as a recovering addict and ex-crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on psychology, spirituality, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about selfishness and selflessness. And this could be seen as a continuum with extreme selfishness, self-centeredness of sociopaths, narcissists, and alcoholics or addicts at the selfish end of the extreme, and compassionate, loving, generous souls on the selfless end of the spectrum. Hitler and Mahatma Gandhi, for example, leaders both wanting to change their country in extremely different ways. I have no illusions that Gandhi did not have selfishness in some aspects of his life, nor that Hitler did not probably have some redeeming qualities. I'm unaware of the details of either of those things, but most of us do fall somewhere in the middle in our own unique configuration of both selfishness and selflessness. And this is an interesting lens to view ourselves and other people through brings us to look more deeply at our motives for how we behave in the world, how we treat others, and our own internal experience of ourselves. And when we look at motives, what motivates us, it can be quite revealing and even surprising that many who act selflessly in the world are actually driven by selfish motives. And when we come to understand what drives the narcissist, the sociopath, or the addict, that selfishness is often a response to deep dysfunction, fear, and pain. And I have been taught that compassion is the safest, most empowered space to hold, and that anyone on a spiritual or personal development path would benefit from growing in compassion for this entire spectrum from the selfish to the selfless. Because although the pathology of the extremely selfish or self-centered is obvious, particularly by the level of pain and suffering that selfishness creates in others and in the self-centered person themselves, whoa, a lot of self in that sense. But that's what we're talking about, self, (laughs) in all its myriad forms. But rather than as a continuum, I often see selflessness and selfishness as a pair of opposites, like a yin-yang symbol or a binary pair that's bound to each other. Most narcissists have a love addict attached to them. Many addicts are supported by a codependent. And although many sociopaths operate in isolation, many in the political corporate or spiritual realms, cult leaders, for example, often have an entourage around them endlessly feeding their egos, with the entourage hoping to feed off of the power of sociopathic leadership without having to do the work themselves. I just watched the documentary Wild Wild Country about the now-deceased Indian cult leader Osho and his lieutenant Ma Anand Sheila both of whom ended up in prison for some really dramatic and fascinating escapades at Rajneesh Puram in the outback of Oregon in the 1980s. And it's interesting because I've listened to many of Osho's talks on YouTube, and in many ways he was a very highly evolved spiritual teacher. 
and the transformative work that he developed, which was a blend of meditation, emotional and energetic release, and community support, was really actually great work and quite transformative. And he had a massive following, first in India, and then they came and tried to build a city of love and community, which deteriorated into a tremendous scandal of attempted murder, political manipulation, government conspiracy, xenophobia, and many levels of cult abuse. And that's a very extreme example of this black and white, selfish, selfless kind of spiral that I think most of us are caught in or express in some areas of our life or another. And again, it's very easy to see the pathology of the extremely selfish, damaging, and dangerous. And it's less easy to see the pathology and dysfunction in those who present as selfless. But having had my own spiritual abuse experience with a powerful teacher and some projection and counter-projection of their own unhealed stuff and my unhealed stuff, and conversely having my own experience as a mentor, as a boss, as a wife, and as a friend of being overly selfless, overly generous, giving and doing too much for other people with the idea of trying to help them that had a bad outcome in the end. And as I have come to look deeply at my own motives for selflessness, there are often selfish motives underneath. The idea of a bad motive hiding underneath a good one, that a lot of my generosity and selflessness has been driven by a deep need for others to love me, feeling like I needed to earn or purchase that love with my overly giving to them, whether that's emotionally, financially, or with my time and energy. And narcissism is a very hip topic right now. And narcissism generally develops as a particular dysfunctional response to unmet emotional needs, usually in very early childhood or even infancy. And the people who couple or are drawn to narcissists are also driven by their own unmet emotional needs. And the narcissist and the love addict or codependent that's in relation with them operate as a unit. And there's a lot of blame placed on the narcissist. But in adult relationships, there are no victims, only volunteers. And taking responsibility for our own motives and the idea that whatever circumstances we are in in our life, we have a part to play in them. And they are likely the result of a bunch of conscious and unconscious decisions that we made. The more we can become aware or conscious about what's driving us, then the more freedom and empowerment personal growth is available. And the thing with narcissism, sociopathology, and addiction is that true self-centeredness cannot see itself. It's like the Ouroboros, the serpent or dragon that's eating its own tail. And we could interpret the symbol as the expression of the unity of all things, the endless cycle of destruction and recreation of the material plane. But it could be seen also as the endless devouring and suffering of the self. Most mental and emotional suffering could be seen as a form of self-centeredness, obsession with the self, obsession with how we feel, with how we think about ourselves, with our body, with our thoughts, with our emotions, with what other people think, 
how we should be, what we didn't do, what we could do. An extreme focus on the self, self-centeredness, is painful. It isolates us from the actual connection that we have with the larger system and has this endless feeding aspect like that Ouroboros of always seeking more, trying to do more, be more, think more, and then trying to escape from that pit through distractions, addictions, or pouring ourselves into the seemingly selfless needs of others as an attempt to heal or escape our own suffering. And this selfish, selfless dynamic is inescapable. It's part of the duality, the conundrum of being a human, that we do experience ourselves as separate. We do have to care for ourselves, but we need to do it in the larger context of being part of many, many systems which feed and nourish and support us. And that there is a healthy balance of self-awareness and self-care and selfless service participating in the larger system that creates a dynamic tension that really helps us and others grow and evolve. At least that's been my experience. Mixed within my codependency and love addiction was a genuine desire to help. And I define love addiction as an insatiable need for love and connection, and that may present sexually as well, trying to fill an insatiable inner emptiness. And it is usually the love addict's plight to become addicted to those who are love avoidance or emotionally unavailable, particular cycle of suffering. And like does attract like. And if I'm attracted to narcissists or people who are emotionally unavailable, I need to look at my own emotional unavailability to heal my own wounds and to show up in a way that allows others to do the same, which often includes allowing people to have the natural consequences of their own behavior and allowing other people the dignity of their own authentic suffering and growing the emotional maturity and character to be able to be in the presence of authentic human suffering. And the incredible transformative opportunity that lives there, that's our work as healthy healers, as grounded lovers, as wise parents, and mature partners. Now, I was brought up with the idea that selfishness is bad, and that any self-care that I did that made anyone else uncomfortable was selfish. And so I had no boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. And if I couldn't say no, I actually couldn't say an authentic yes. And because being selfless meant only caring for others and not caring for myself, it really set me up for failure and to never have my needs met. Because although we are constantly interchanging, receiving and giving to others and to the world, we also need to give and release within ourselves. Al-Anon was the second 12-step fellowship to develop after Alcoholics Anonymous. It was formed initially by the wives of recovering alcoholics to recover from the suffering that they were experiencing in pouring their whole life into trying to help their husbands and wives. And the resentment, the depletion, the fears that they had. And those fears and resentments are not the alcoholic's fault. Those are the soul-level issues that they came here to work on. And it's not a coincidence that they were drawn to these dysfunctional people to reveal their own dysfunction. One of my favorite Al-Anon sayings is, 
Mind your own business and get some business to mind. A call for healthy self-care and self-focus. And when we move out of dysfunctional selflessness, trying to get our needs met by appearing to be a loving person, and when we can actually turn that energy toward ourselves, then we have the energy to give generously and selflessly, but from a place of wisdom and balance and not from a place of need or desperation or deprivation, that we give from a place of fullness, but we have to be full within ourselves first. And the healthy continuum of selfishness and selflessness has self-care, self-love, self-awareness on the selfish end, And true selflessness always feeds us. It's the elevated aspect of the Ouroboros, that service in the world can be an endless fountain of joy, nourishing our soul. And there's a very easy way to tell if my selfless service is healthy or not. And it's simply how I feel after I do it. If I feel depleted, resentful, like I'm owed something, that I'm agitated, irritated, anxious, If there's dissonance in my body or my feelings or my mind after I do something for someone else or put energy out in the world, then there's something off about my service. And I need to look at myself, my self-care, my motives. What's the dynamic that's actually happening? Because good service always serves the server. And the highest good for one is the highest good for everyone involved. And that has to include myself. So I encourage you to think about your own relationship with selflessness and selfishness. We all have one. Where those dynamics are healthy and where they're dysfunctional in your life. And those dynamics show us exactly where we need to grow. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to do some personal growth work, I'm offering a series of small group experiences, spiritual experience groups, starting at the end of February. There's six-week sessions, one-hour small groups of five to eight people, very intimate, under my guidance and spiritual direction. We'll do some inner journey work, opportunities to share and support each other. Wherever we're at in the process, beginners are welcome. The groups are filling up fast, but I do have some spots. I'll leave the time slots for the spiritual experience groups in the show notes. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at McKenna. Or shoot me an email, info at reneemckenna.com if you want to learn more. I'm offering these groups on a donation basis. And I don't want anybody to miss out. If you have financial need, please reach out to me. If you'd like the free download of the first chapters of my book, Allies and Demons, Working with Spirit for Power and Healing, there's a link in the show notes. And please rate, review, or subscribe to make this podcast available to more people. Thanks, as always, to my generous supporters on Patreon. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.